0: with day shower and today we are basically going to be continuing with the conversation we had with george with ayatunde and um diola and they're still talking about the realities of 21st century man so we're just going to continue and dive right in welcome guys like what's your greatest fear what would you say is your greatest fear
1: not making making everyone new Ah, hey, man, you don't know you chop, you don't know you chop this kind. You don't know you suffer for this kind life. Can't go hell. Ah, no. <laughs> That's man. I have to make every man. That street of gold. I have to walk in it, man. Life. Ah, man. I, what no? Ah, the fear of missing out. The fear of missing out from that. Ah, yeah, is is the most important fear for anything else.
2: <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness. Thank you, George. How
2: about you? I, I think it's the same thing. Even though I'm not scared, scared of it. I'm just trying to keep no, it's conscious. Not,
1: it's, it. not, it's not, a I wanted to clarify that. It's not this. It's not being scared of it. It's just the idea. You know, ah. have, you, have you read that part of the Bible that describes everything?
2: I the part I, I, of described hell.
1: I don't describe hell. And then <laughs> understand I hell. Ah, fear of God will enter you.
2: For, for, for me, that um, I think that was early on as a Christian. For me, it's more like, um, I want to see my mom again. I'm not sure I recognize her if I see her in heaven, but I, I want to be where she is. I want to be able to, oh. then I, I, I want to feel God's love one-on-one. I want to be, be in the presence. I want to feel it. I want to feel complete. Because I think this world is like, is a blink in eternity. 70, 80 years is a blink in eternity. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's
2: where I belong. So I really want to, I, I don't, I don't want to miss out on that completion. <laughs>
3: mm.
0: Hallelujah,
2: like
3: yeah, well, I guess it's the same. But I think for me, it's more like, I don't want to be left behind. <laughs> I cannot. Like, <laughs> I always feel like, there's one joke, there's one joke I always say. I say, you can't be a Nigerian and not make heaven. <laughs> like, your life has already been had. You're already living in hell on yeah, earth. Then... What's the you now go and make heaven. You, you, you. So I think I think that that's always um that's always at the back of my mind. Even at those times where um where I have not been the closest with God, it has always been at the back of my mind that, you know what, God, whatever I do please don't take my life right now. No, <laughs> <this>. <laughs> As in, let me not just pass out or die or I'm coming back, I'm from somewhere and then cast the death and I just go, <laughs> like, even in those times, I make those prayers. I, I'm being serious. I actually do them in those times where I'm like, what What would happen if if something just happens right now? Are you and I'm so... Too? <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So... Just in case, you know, if I go to club, I'll be like, Jesus, Lord. You know,
2: <laughs> in case.
0: No, <laughs> so is it that all of you, three of you,
2: actually have the same, this fear? Of- <laughs> no, 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 that's not my greatest fear. I'm not, not, really, I'm, 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 I'm not afraid of that. I'm just conscious of it. My okay, greatest fear, yeah. actually, living on this planet, dying, and it's like I, ne- I was never here. Hmm. That's the greatest fear. That I, 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 I pass out and then. Twenty years from now, twenty years from now, nobody ever remembers me. It's like I never lived. That scares right. me.
1: Perso- yeah. P- personally, personally, I, 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 I don't even. I, I, honestly, I mean, with total respect for your, for, for your point of view, George, <laughs> I, I, really don't care if I'm remembered I, I just want to make everyone. Braw. No,
2: it scares me, right? It's like what is about Nigeria being <laughs> hell, right? As much as this world is just a blinking eternity. And I'm pretty sure I'm making heaven. Mm. What was use of all this in the first place, then? Yeah. But,
1: but, yeah. but,
2: but George, but yeah. George,
1: but George, you, you know yeah. that you know that yeah. this idea the, idea, the idea of being remembered, is very mm. very risky. Very because honestly, it's always going to come back to. I mean, the impact that you are making right now, for example, the mm. lecturer, mm. there are lives that you are impacting on a daily basis. You might not, you might not save Nigeria from Donald Trump, but <laughs> <laughs> you, get, you get what I'm saying, right? But they are, you, you, are, you are making an, they, I mean, you are making an impact, bro. So...
2: <laughs> it, 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 it's a bit more than just that, to be honest with you, but sometimes, right, trying to be a man, because almost selfish, right? He looks almost ego, um, 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 egotistical. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even though it's not a bad idea, for me, it's this whole journey now about this whole God DNA thing. And yeah. that being here, there's a purpose. That yep. I mean, like, when people pray for money and stuff like that, I'm like, God is more interested in eternity than all these small, small things that are like that. Right. That what happens yeah. to us here, what God's interested is how it affects our making eternity. So I'm supposed to learn and grow, and supposed right. to create. But like, God, there's a purpose for which God may. I listened to share was one of Shawa's was um podcast earlier on. About for every cell that was a very moving thing. By the way, uh, piece, shower. By the way, um, yeah, every From every cell, every bone that like he knew you and gave you your purpose, and then I don't discover that purpose. Yeah, there is something I I need to see into here.
0: Yeah, no, you know, I I agree possibly,
2: with you make sure. happen, possibly yes, but then if I, miss I that. You, if I miss that. Then am I like, like a waste of space?
3: Right, right, yeah. Right. yeah. What would be your story? Yeah. I think I think maybe just to make a point is um yeah, I think the part of not making heaven is obviously scary. But yeah, I totally agree. While I'm here, I think I, I'm more worried about my purpose basically is ensuring that I do not just get to heaven and God is just like, Okay, where do
0: exactly. but,
3: like- you, know, you could have- <laughs> You could have, I I sent you for this and this and that and this and that and that, you know, (laughs) because (laughs) I I think you are in heaven. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. But no, I think it's very important. You're right. But really on a more serious note, I think it's very important that uh, we live a purposeful life uh, because I don't think we are here just for ourselves. I think that's the first important thing that we're not in this world for our own just for our own reasons, just to come in, spend time and then go. We are obviously the reason why we were born is for a particular purpose, and the time where we should live is also for a particular purpose. And it would be sad that the reason why you were sent, it's the reason why all of the disciples were born, why Paul the Apostle was born, why John the Baptist was born and all of that, right? Let's not even talk about why Jesus was born but why all of those people people were born you can imagine if for them the only goal was to make heaven we would we would all have missed out on a lot of right. things and so and and I think there's much more to us than and I don't think for me it's just about making heaven it's also the amount of people I can bring along with me on this journey of life to ensure that they also make right. heaven. And, you know, it is the way how I live my life. And I always say, it is not so much about the people I'm able to talk to, but so much more about the people who can see my life. And from my life would say to me, you know what? I know the amount of people was from when I started living in Europe who have come with me to church, just simply because they are like, ah, okay, so you can be having a fly life and still be in church. I want to come to this your church. I thought church was this, I thought church was that, I I thought church was that. And for me, that is purpose also. Basically, living a life where you can influence other people. Because also, what's the fun in heaven? That's when you get to heaven and all your peeps are not there. You might also think it might not matter, but if you could also bring other people along with you. Like my wife always say, when we get to heaven, I'm looking for you and you're going to be my guy. If we are not allowed to marry, if we are allowed to marry, I'm going to marry you so us your base <laughs> that are you already thinking even in heaven and in as much as it sounds like a joke but i do think we all need to you know get to our purpose on earth um and make heaven and the, um, the heaven is the goal yeah. but you obviously have a race and you need to ensure that you you know um, get to the end of the race I mean, george
1: i totally mm-hmm. agree with you i mean you can you really, one can just go through this life. In fact, if you walk with God, it's hard for you not to find your purpose because it's a it, it work with God enough. It's a, it's a purpose-driven life. So,
2: can yeah. I Can I take this a little deeper? Just 30 seconds. You know, like when God says that no word of his will come back to him void? Yes.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And when he speaks us into being, mm-hmm. we're not supposed to come back to him void. Right. Yeah. So the purpose for which he spoke us into creation, we must fulfill it. Yeah. Like, That's you right. like you say or I will not come back to him.
0: Right. It's like saying it's like telling Diolana, for example, that so he not get to him. I he no, the thing I kept is that you am not doing it. Please be going back. which is
1: why which is why I said that if you walk with God, <laughs> it is almost imp- impossible mm. for you not to live a purpose-driven life. Mm. Because working with God means that there is a spirit that he has given to you mm. to do certain things. If that mm. spirit leads you, there's no mm. way to not lead you into purpose. Because ultimately our purposes are connected. Mm. Where yours stops is probably where the other person starts. Mm. And if you look at, if you look at Christ and his disciples, each of them had their role in the season that they lived in. When Christ came and after and afterwards, but as we open the church, sorry,
2: but as open the church, so And
1: our brother
2: will lay hands and it will flourish. <laughs> no,
1: I, don't, I, I don't get, I don't, I don't mine. I don't get mine. I don't get mine. I'll carry your bag. I'll
0: quickly move to the next question. Um, uh, she- what would you say is like the the pressure of being a man in this um century like in this generation what's what's it like being a man
1: i think that um i mean being a man in the 21st mm. century it's it's uh i mean a lot a lot is changing men don't want to get married anymore the young guys out there now they're like men. women don't even want to get married anymore there is there is a there's there's, there's an identity crisis men want to be like women being gay is a is becoming a global phenomenon even in nigeria as a, i mean i i kind of feel like there's a, there's a there's a plan that the devil has put in place for men in this generation especially those who are even setting up families mm. who are who are you know saying yes i want to get married i want to have kids i w- I mean, when when you hear when you hear girls today, young girls today will tell you that, oh, I'm not interested in these single boys. It is those married men.
2: Mm-hmm. They
1: know how to take care of you. No, there is an agenda that is set from your sexual orientation as a man being confused <laughs> this age and time to the identity of the fact that you know. I mean, you. you you as a woman who is married to a man, you are, you don't have the exclusive right to own
2: that but well, I just think that um the pressure, right? I mean that that's the financial seen. pressure. Well, no, well not everything has changed, but everything is still the same. That mm. the one the one thing we do from generation to generation is try to survive. Everything we this do is-, is survival. How we survive is what has changed. Now, in the I mean, people are going to work from the beginning of time. But from hunting and gathering, now we have tech jobs and all that kind of stuff. The one thing yeah. that has changed is dynamics between the men and the women. That's the one yeah. thing that has changed. Again, mm-hmm. women come to the workplace and stuff like that. That's the one thing that has changed. And the identity crisis that yep. both genders yeah. are going yeah. through. So men have yeah. always been providers and protectors and stuff like that. But now women are making money. and so said, we don't need your money. We don't need you to provide for us anymore. And a lot of men are, okay, so what, are, what am I? what am I here for? I have a young... Exactly. I work with teens uh, over the week, um, on weekends. And one boy told me that he doesn't want to get married. Why? That marriage is an excuse for women to take half of everything you own. Yes, no. And, that, yes. and that, for a lot of them, that's how they see it. That is the problem yes. with which they approach relationships now. Yeah. That me getting married is just a, a excuse for woman a waste to, of time, yeah. A woman just to, 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 to rob me. I, I mean, a lot of taxi drivers. And each time I get in a taxi in a car and ask about their relationships... Um, I've had some beautiful stories. One has been together for 35 years. He's not married to his wife, but they're married, oh, they're, but they're in a marriage, which yeah, is why exactly. my sex thing, I, I, I don't want to go down that road because even though they're not having a wedding, they're, 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 they're family. Now, so that's one of the good stories. The rest of them are, oh, um, I was married, cut off the mortgage, divorced and took the house. Three, four, five, six, seven stories like that. That's Europe. So, uh Baba, in Nigeria, from what I've heard and the people I've worked with as individuals, life coaching and stuff, um, mm-hmm. they don't feel like, I mean, remember, a lot of girls these days don't want to be the wives their mothers were. They don't want to be like their mothers when life were men. Now, mm-hmm. so men are no longer the kings. Their fathers were in their own homes. So they just come in quietly, manage themselves and try to get on as peaceful as possible. But the part where you're a king in your own home, your your head, um, it's the uh, head. Uh, baba, head is a very strong word for what we have now. So the pressure is just um, adapting to the dynamics now in the home. How does a man remain the head of his home and be a husband to this new woman that we have now? Because it's the women who have changed over the past hundred years, per se, their roles have changed, not the men. Mm-hmm. Men I have to adapt to that change, I think is the key pressure. Because we've all been trying to provide, have families, raise children. That's what we need from the beginning of time.
1: And never ends.
2: It never ends. It's just those dynamics at home that have changed. So how
0: have you because yeah. the main the main reason why we're having this um this whole conversation is wanting to know how you've been able to adapt. So maybe if you are a bit specific about yourself, like how have you been able to adapt maybe to one aspect of it, maybe to finances, to career, to your relationship with your wife, with just one aspect, how have you been able to adapt to the changing dynamics, to the things that are going on right now? So so
1: I, I look at myself as a, as, as, a, as a free spirit. There are a lot of things that I do not take to heart, you know, whether a woman is successful, more successful than than the than the if my wife is more successful than me, it really doesn't matter to me. In fact, it takes away the pressure from me, really. I mean, it's just um, um I mean uh, it means that I don't have to work as hard, really. You know, <laughs> yes now. Ah, if if she's if your wife get money and she has like millions of whatever, Oga, okay, why are you stressing? You you can I'm not saying don't work. As a man, you have to work as a man. But I'm saying that, unlike if she actually cannot contribute, if she can't contribute, the entire pressure is on you, and Mm. it's not like cost is going down, and those things put a lot of pressure on families, right? Mm. So if the woman can equally contribute, probably even contribute way much more. I mean, it's you as a man can for example for me as a guy and, and as a man living in this country
2: i literally feel like
1: i work my entire life out for my family for my wife and my son
2: thank you i'll, 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 I'll mention that again but go ahead
1: you know i mean i that, that's that's all like can think about when when if I, if I collect my if i collect my income maybe i take 20k or 30k the rest i send to them and they, they do as they wish they can decide to save I'm, when I'm going out to go and shop, I'm, I just noticed that, okay, you don't even have a new shoe or whatever. No. I forget. Because I'm thinking about them. You think about the side hustle. You're thinking about them. The boy will probably soon start school. I'm already thinking, what what quality school will he go to? You know, madame can come and say, oh yeah, man, you know, my business, I need to get another place. Before you know it, you're already puffing out half a million or one million or two million. And you're wondering, what are you, you going to do for your own self? So, in the real sense of the word, we've I've I've had, and because I come from a background where I knew I had the father who says that as a man, as a man, whatever it is, you must cater for your family first. Mm. I was I was in the theater when my wife delivered our son, Mm. bro. That 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 thing is hard to see Mm. a human being coming out of another human being. That thing is. Had I was scrolling my leg up and down, speaking in tongues in the theater. I was just like, What is this? My heart shook, bro. When she finished delivering that big, when she finished delivering our son, like I packed all the money I had. I went, to buy, <laughs> I went to buy a new car. I, 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 I drank, I, I see they drink, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> When, when, she, when she, was, she was asking me for that, she was saying that oh, I can buy any gifts just give me wristwatch or something. I'm like, she don't know the plan I have for you. You see, it's like, I say, it's like when God has bigger plans for you, I ask him for small <laughs> Bro, when I bring that khaki, come house, you see the way she broke down and started crying. It made me understand that is more fulfilling for me than a pair of Adidas shoes in my legs. Mm. because because that is my reality as a man that is what i believe that being a man should be provide secure
3: be there. so um i think society has changed uh structure of things have changed um, the expectation of society is constantly changing and i think if you look at uh the pressure men face you can look at it from different um different angles You can look at it from financial. You know, in the past, you know, men were the one doing all the work. Now women are earning more uh, physical. You could look at it like, you know, women always thought they could get their needs from men. Now they are toys. Now they can get it from self-women and things like that. You look at social, you look at emotional. And so it becomes really a case of how do you define yourself as a mm-hmm. man mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how do you find your feet as a person how do you define who you are how do you take hold to either what the society says you are as a man mm-hmm. or what God says mm-hmm. you are as a man mm-hmm. and for me the easier one to latch onto is what God says mm. who you are as a man because the society definition of a man is constantly changing yeah. right. and God's definition of a man is quite clear what exactly he is. Mm. So for me it's it's very important with my partner that I am the man that God wants me to be in my home, in my family, either to I'm 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 the brother to my sisters, I'm the son to my parents, and I'm the husband to my wife, and I'm who the Bible and God expects me to be. So it doesn't really matter what the society expects yeah. or what society demands. So and that goes to tradition, religion, and all of that, whereby it becomes a case. I am a representation of God in my own, Mm -hmm. you know, it's God first and then me. And then, you know, so for me, those are the things that justify me, not my paycheck, not what I do in the house, not if God decides to bless us with or without children, you know, there are so many things, you know, people use to define, you know, manhood. manhood And you have to be very Mm. careful that you don't play into, you know, those definitions. Yes.
2: Because you either
3: one overwork yourself, um, you not even meet your purpose because you're chasing the wrong things.
0: Mm. So what I
3: mean is, yeah, your purpose might actually be that you're supposed to make way and pave way and make it easier for your wife Mm. to become what she's supposed to be. Mm. And when I say what she's supposed to be, it doesn't mean you're living in the shadows, right? But God's got a plan for that woman, and you're supposed to help her get there. And getting there might be that you are the one that would move countries because your wife has to take up that job, right? And you don't get it stuck in your head that I'm the man of the house. You know, I'm, I'm not really getting to that point where the, the question is you don't see it as, oh, it's my wife that needs to move. And you're like, God, is this where we need to go?
0: Mm.
3: And we're going. Even if it's the wife that is the trigger for that movement. Right? Mm. And it's not every move that's coming from you as the man that means that that's the way to mm. go. Okay. So for me, it's really important that men realize that we need to go back to our maker, who is the designer of us and the, the lead to, to tell us what makes us a man. And not what society conforms to say, you know, people say, uh, you're coming to us do you have car, do you have house, mm-hmm. do, you have this? do you have that, do you have, you know, all of those things that society describes to you as what makes you a man, you know, you know, and you need to be, we need to be very conscious that we do not, because the society has an agenda to destroy the family structure.
2: Yes, right? yes. And
3: the, the, the family structure would, the easiest way to attack it is to attack the head, which is the man. And as much as you make him feel less, less of a man, of a man <laughs> then you destroy the total dynamic yeah. of, of, of familyhood, right? It's the way people try to, it's the same way, and sorry to digress a little bit to take it into a bit of the American culture, what they've done to the black families. It's to destroy, it's to keep as many black fathers in prison. And once you do that, you've already destroyed the family structure. And people need to ensure. You know, I was watching this speech of this um, activist who was saying something that black women need to understand something is that don't let let people get into your head and make you think that because now they've given you women liberation, they've given you equality, that you don't need the man.
0: Exactly. You understand? Mm-hmm.
3: And you need, to be, you need to be very careful to understand that the role of a man is not just in the paycheck. It's not just in the fact that he's, Potent enough to get you pregnant or whatever. There are much more responsibilities that each person, both as a Mm -hmm. man and also as the wife or the woman, your roles that you play, and those things should not. We should not let them be connected to things that are constantly changing and evolving, Mm -hmm. but rather rooted into the Word of God and into things that are, you know, quite clear about what we are, who we are, who we should
1: be. What you just said now. I mean as profound as it is, because again, I I just wanted to just bring back the reality of the fact that the what you refer to as society in 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 some cases might actually be the partner
2: who
1: who looks at you and believes that what is your usefulness as
3: if you cannot, because uh, that paycheck. But, but that comes from the society and the environment she's grown up in. Right. Because if you've, if, you've, if you've gotten the understanding that this, if, if someone, if you realize and you're with a partner who obviously has a root and a basis in the word of God, she understands. It's when people tell you, I saw this guy and I know that he has a future. When I met him, he was nothing. You know, he had nothing. We lived in distance, but I saw beyond that. You know, she's not justifying the guy by what she sees now. And she knows that the role of a guy, the expectations that she has of the man is, one, he's standing as the head of the, of the home, spiritually, whatever. It's not always by the paychecks. So if your partner is that kind of person who wants to just justify your manhood, by how much you're bringing with then that's a different discussion so
1: maybe but maybe it's not so the, much and... about directly um saying oh it's about your paycheck because one thing that i would not underestimate in being married is the fact that finances play a very huge role
2: can i come in there yes please um i was it's something yeah i wish you could see my my bedroom wall there's something I, i'm creating called the 90-day marriage challenge <laughs> Based on some things I'm, I've been discovering, um, one thing, a couple of things I've come to understand are: one, that you don't marry because you are looking for a wife; you marry because you're ready to become a husband. Mm. What that means is that you take responsibility for who you are, what you are, and what you do. You take responsibility for that woman. Because God, will require, God has given you commandments on what he you're supposed to you And on the judgment day, you answer for them. she answer for herself. You answer for you. Mm-hmm. That's one. Two is the whole notion of our success. I mean, again, we have to be really, really careful. Like you both said, how we define things. Because the world has the, a division of success and family and men. What is defining for us? And I think Shawa's question was, how are we coping as men in this age, right? And it's just going back to that core of trying to understand who I am as a man and as a father by God's standards, and understanding that whatever I am, whatever we do, is for the family. There's not such thing as she's more successful. That's outside. That's to the world, not in this home. All we are, all we do, is for what's the best interest of the family. Family. Not what's it for me. Not what's it for you. Not pushing my career. Not pushing your career. All those are irrelevant. What's in the best interest of this family? And a lot of people don't understand this. but that's why they have issues. Once Mm -hmm. you both understand, I mean, I took my my wife in on December thirteenth. We spoke for the first time. December twenty third. By second week of January, we're engaged. By February the the, the next year, we're married, because we both had that understanding that we want to start a family that brings glory to Jesus. We are two different people. It's a learning curve. It's not been easy for us but we're holding to the Holy Spirit and each of us focusing on what our role is as a family, as a husband and as a wife, what are we supposed to do? It's not about um, patriarchy, which is a a bit of a stretch, the whole concept of patriarchy, the um, patriarchal world, blah, 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 blah. Mm. And how my react. So it doesn't matter what my my spouse does, by the way. So she decides she wants to go bonkers. That's up to her. She can do what she wants to do. Understanding too that God placed the woman under the man for a reason. To protect both of them. Because the man is powerless in the hands of a woman. She is a potent force by which everything works. Yep. Out here, there's nothing. The, the devil knew that the man was powerless. That's why the devil went to Eve. Right. You knew that if he had gone to Adam, Adam would have cut him to pieces and used him for pepper soup. But that Adam was powerless in the hands of Eve. And because of the, the way she was the way she was made to compliment him, she was more susceptible, she was more heart than logic, she was more receptive, and that was why he could penetrate and get through to her. And then all she had to do was hand she had to be deceived to do that. All Adam had to be all Adam had to all, all that happened to Adam was here, take eat, and he ate. Because of this, God placed the woman under the man. He said, Because you have done this, I have placed you under him, that even though your desire will be to rule uh, even though your desire will be to control him, he will rule over you. It was not punishment. God did not punish either the man or the woman. He only punished the serpent and the ground for the sake of the man. To protect that dynamic, to make sure that she, she's the, um, he's, um, she's the gun. He's the safety. She's the nuclear reactor. He is the, um, the casing. To make sure that she is safe and able to do what she's supposed to do. And standard dynamics. So, whatever my wife does is on her. My job is to make sure that I love you as Christ loved the church, to continue to discover what that means and do that no matter what you do. As a 21st century woman, that's up to you. I mean, I used to think that, oh, if I am a rich woman, I'll, I'll be a stay at home dad. I'll write books. I'll do my stuff mom. I used to think that way. But my job is to provide for. I don't care how much you make. My job is to provide for my family. Now, I'll do as much as I can. When I fall short, help meet for me step in if you can but and that's the provision. Have.
1: provision is not only financial if you, True. If right if you stay at home to take care of the kids it's part of provision
2: ah uh, baba when it says am i gonna provide for his family it was an infidel i i, I what you're providing by staying at home i mean i can write books so i make money but i must most part my family yeah it's not just me sitting at home and cooking, which I love to do, but I can stay and cook and do stuff and clean. I, I, that was what I was saying. I, I'll be at like, You should make the money. I'll take care of the kids. But well, I lie, oh, if I'm staying at home, I must be taking care of. I must be provided for my family. No matter why I am, what I'm doing. It's my responsibility. I don't care how the world defines it. I don't care what you think you are. Fine. But you're married to me. I will provide for you. Right. I will take care of you. That's okay, what God has me to do that's it
0: okay i just want to quickly ask this question before i move to the next one which is how do you guys infiltrate your friendships with this mindset like because it's you know it's it's nice to hear you guys talk about it this way but we know that that's not the large percentage of many of you outside right like being able to guide your friends to a place where you're bringing them back to the basics you're bringing them back to who are you as God calls you? Who are you? Not what, what the pressure is about you, you know, being that egocistic person that is wanting to be in charge and be in control. You know, who are you as a man for your family? How do you communicate that with your friends?
2: I going uh, on Shawas podcast. Eh? I up on
0: podcast. I Okay, well, that's, well, well, true. <laughs> that's, that's one. Okay. What else?
3: I feel you can, the discussions you have with friends, right? I, I, like a few weeks ago, I was having a conversation with an old friend I probably haven't spoken to since we left Unilab. And, you know, he was telling me, oh, yeah, things weren't that great. And he has moved back to his parents' house. So I was like, oh, what's up, get, oh, why see now? And something was like, ah, tell me why I don't, why don't I move back to my parents' house, I me mean, that I didn't have a car. Uh, and I was like, okay. Well, you know, that doesn't stop you from meeting someone and, 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 and becoming, getting to whatever it is that you intend to get into. Because, again, I would go back to what I said about how life, society. how society has defined yeah. uh, us as men and how people think they need to have certain things. Um, and even when you even get married, how people even still you know, define your masculinity and all of that. And for me, I always feel like there are some words in the Bible that are very important. Is I say things like, when God says, he will find a wife, find a good thing, and obtain a favor from the Lord. And I'm like, there are some favor that will probably not come to you as a single person. And there are some favor that comes to you as a married man who has a wife with you. You know, you start getting some different kinds of favor. And so, you know, in some of those discussions I have with my friends, I'm always like, you're a man because of who you are as a person. It's not by, you know, no one is a bigger man than you simply because of the houses he has or material possessions or education or whatever it is that society puts it out. But you're just a man. And you need to ensure that you are meeting your purpose in life, irrespective of how the society thinks or feels that you are right to call yourself a man. You know, you know, that stupid slogan people go and say but, but, oh, um, but... you know, and every, and every time I hear that thing, it infuriates me because in my head it is when you when you even eventually get that money, you realise it still does not justify you. It's still, you, you realize then the next thing becomes power. Oh. After power, it becomes, you know, that's where people get into war, destroy countries. This, it's, it's engulfing because you still have not gotten to the core of what exactly makes you a man. But can I, can I, and, and so.
1: If, I mean, yeah, if, me. if, if I, if I may just probably jump in a bit here, I, I while, while I, while I, while I, I get that, there are certain things that the society demands because I honestly believe that the society is part of life. It's part of our living. We you can't, we cannot because as 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 great as, and as elevated our minds can be, both spiritually and physically, there is there's a bigger reality out there of what defines. You know, a man. When we talked earlier about our fathers and how proud we, how proud we are of them, they, at they had. I mean, I, I you talked about the differences that your dad did from being an executive, you know, to run the farm. To that, that is the, that is the demand. I don't know if it is society that places it, but that is the demand because. A man is not given. A man does not have the luxury to be lazy. If you can't, you can't be. In the
3: um, sorry. Yeah. Are, so, I, just to explain yeah. something. So, once again, I'm not saying that you, uh, wealth, you know, children. These are not uh, things, right? There are people with their parents are gate men. Yeah. Right. In some people's mattresses in the society's mattress. They are not traditionally be called men, right? Because they are gay men, but their children are proud of them, yeah. irrespective, yes, yes. right? Because they've seen the struggle. I'm not saying men should be lazy. I'm not saying they shouldn't fend for their families, right? Your role and responsibility as a man, right? Yes, should not be defined by just your income, your this, or all, all of those things, right? They are part of it, but you have a responsibility, like what George said, you have a responsibility for a family. How that plays into place in the society is not up for society to judge what makes you lesser of a man. You know, that, so, that, so, so, that so, thing so, that so, happens so, in Nigeria. So. When, just one yeah. moment, sorry, one moment, one moment. That thing that happens in Nigeria, when uh, you, you hit someone's car, the person starts shouting, Do you know <laughs> who I am? He thinks he's a better, bigger person than you are, and, you know, we we are all equal in the sight right. of God. God sees us as we are, as children of God, right? And we shouldn't let the society kind of... define us because that is the thing that drives most people into depression, into True. death, into into spiritual True. things, because you are constantly looking for something which you already have. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You you Just, are I am I am a man, irrespective around. of yeah. whether I, I own a house. Yes, exactly. Irrespective of that. Then how does it make me, now me being lazy, it's a different thing. It makes me a lazy man, right? Mm. It doesn't stop me from being right. a man. I'm True. still a man. I get the point, yeah. It just makes me a lazy, lazy man. Lazy. Yeah. Do you get, so, so don't, world, the world tries to take you out of that context of you thinking you're not a man because you're lazy or you haven't achieved something. My point is, you're a man. You could be an annoying man, you could be a stupid man, man. you could be a violent man, you could be, you're a man. And we don't miss that point. So irrespective of whether, you know, it's the same way, people who either their parents, their father was not there for them because either they were locked up or either because they had a fight with their mother and their mother prevented them from seeing them, did not stop the man from being a man.
1: Sure,
3: sure. Do you understand? Yes, I And the, and, and the, like, I will use the example of Toto DK. She cannot be a man to her son. She can't be a father <laughs> to her son. Yeah, yeah no matter how much you try. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so, so that the guy, the man is made irrespective of who he is. There are adjectives and things to qualify them and all of that. But you're a man. And, 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 and people, you should get out of that zone of being, you know, when people think, Ah, what's what, what life living now? I cannot even cushion my head and say, man. I, no, you are a man. Yeah. So it's just a different yeah. different spectrum. Yeah. yeah. Totally. You know, you would I would get see, I would still get to some places, right? And people will look at me and be like, Who are you?
0: Exactly. Right?
3: But I have done my <laughs> best. And that doesn't make me less of a man. No. Do do you understand? So and what makes me a man is the fact that I was born a man. End of it. and of course your responsibility as a man, all of those definitions now becomes you know, it's like if, I'm a, if a guy is a monk or, he, is a, or he, becomes a, he becomes, he goes to seminary, does not marry, he does not have anything. He, so Jesus, for example, let's even use Jesus. So Jesus was not a man. The guy did not have, he did not have money now. He did not marry. He did not have children. So was Jesus not a man?
0: So um, basically, I just want to get, because the question that started this whole thing was how you guys infiltrate this thing into your friends. So from what I can remember from everything that you guys are saying now, it's like George was saying, like, okay, coming on like this podcast, for example, it's like somebody will hear it or some other guys will hear it so, and they'll be able to you know,
2: one more thing, sorry. It.
0: Yeah, go ahead.
2: Make yours work. When your friends come to your home and they find you have a happy home, mm-hmm. and this is how you treat your wife with respect, and how she treats you. That's the biggest testimony. That's the biggest way of convincing people that it works. Yeah. Make yours work. Yeah.
3: Okay. And I think Judge is absolutely right. It's where you can be a model to people that, you know, I don't have it all, but still, yeah. There are men at different levels and it's just for you to find a place and and key yourself into irrespective of where you are in the society. Mm.
0: Good, good, good. Okay. Um, do you guys find it difficult to ask for help? Are you do you find it comfortable to ask for help when you need help? Let me start with George.
2: For me, it's 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 it, it easy. I've I've, I've a support, I have a very good support system. Um, so whether it's um emotional, um spiritual, financial, whatever it is, I have people. I've got to people okay. who have helped me over the years. So, I've, yeah, it's, 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 why would I ask for help? Why, why die in silence? I don't want to die. I
1: think, like George said, I mean, there is always. I mean, for me, if, if I know that there's someone, and I know that. A situation. I would ask. There's no pride or ego in it.
0: Uh, that's, that's interesting hearing. Okay, the two of you. All right, let me hear uh, from Ayo.
3: Well, I think I have a bit, uh, a bit different uh, view on this. Um, I would say that on a lot of things, um, I usually would not. My first option is not always asking for help. Um, I usually would deal with things a lot of times myself, which hasn't been the best of things I must say. Uh, but my default setting is to figure things out my own way, find out another way, um, exhaust myself. Usually I'm usually exhausted, um, before I go to other people. And a lot of my friends have said that to me multiple times where they are like, you listen to our problems you do this you never ever share anything about you so a lot of times i i i absorb a lot and i also think it also comes from being an only son uh because a lot of times i grew up being told to suck it up <laughs> i i um I, I grew up also also yeah i had three sisters of course but uh, also, a lot of things I had to be by myself and, and do things by myself. So I had always um, figured things out. Also, for example, moving to Europe with no friends, knowing no one, no family. Um, yeah, I had to figure things out myself. So I, it's it's not normal for me to, to ask people for help. And I think, you know, getting married now, it's it's a lot of times I've also asked my wife to come to me sometimes. Sometimes, when either I cough out at work, when I'm working, it's just like, okay, what's going on? You know, it's to speak up. Because sometimes it's not the easiest thing because either you don't think people can help. It's really important that, um, that I, I get myself to this point where I start reaching out to people before things get really bad. And I think I'll use the story to also say, um, yeah, maybe, of course, Georgia and Diola might not experience it, but I have a friend who worked at Unilever together where her husband basically killed himself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah he, com- he committed suicide, and they were just a few months after their second child. And, and, you know, I tried to have a conversation with her, and today she always says she's not even sure what had happened. And in my head, you, I, because I also need the guy, I'm like, what could have been going on with him? What problem could he, what trouble could he have gotten into? Where he basically um, could not reach out to his wife, you know, a family member or someone, you know, um, to help him. So it is a challenge with men today because sometimes it's like we've grown up thinking we can we are responsible. We are the ones. We are the head. We have to deal with it ourselves. Uh, and sometimes it's even a case where we're unsure if, you know, it makes us look vulnerable. Um and where we don't also want to be in. So yeah, I'm also in a learning phase to to reach out to people. And I think also some of the things I do is now rather than reaching out to people, I'll be like, God. I do I can solve everything. So I hand this over to you, and uh, I hope you can um, deal with it.
1: Oh, God is the only
0: is <laughs> the only help. I
2: I A mean. God got hand, we do.
0: I God hand game, bros. Okay, so we're going to the final question, which is basically about um, mentoring. Um, do you think when, I think the first question I want to ask is when, when was the last time you, or have you even ever been to like maybe a men mentoring program or you know the way we we women have this program here, there, that, this, and it's almost as if there's nothing for the men and you guys are just left to float and figure life out. What, what's your take as a guy about mentoring? And do you think that it's adequate enough for the men now, what exactly is going on with mentoring and men in this
3: generation? Hmm. I would say no, to be honest. <laughs> the mentors no. are failed. Like, <laughs> um, yeah, I would say no, <laughs> exactly. No, I would say no, um, but I also feel like if I look back at the people who have unknowingly mentored me, and to be frank, mentorship is not like you have to see the person on the weekly basis or the daily basis or whatever yeah. So mentors have been one time experience, yeah. right? And I feel like the one of mentors have actually been quite influential in my life because I really, I don't, I, I don't know, I have not been to any mentorship men program or whatever. And maybe aside from my father, who I got some things of, and I'm like, I don't want to learn some things off him. It, were, it was basically this man in different phases of my life who, you know, either did things to me or I'll I give examples. example. I think one was when I was in uni, one of my friend's cousin who was, I think, two years ahead of me in uni at that time, I would, he would, I would join him to drive to school and I remember I would take a bike from Akote, join him at Yakoyo or whatever. But there was one lesson this guy always taught me. He was much older than I was. It's not like we were friends. was that even on days where my lectures finished half that in, right, he would wait to take me back home. Yeah. And yes, I had friends that, that left me in school, or, <laughs> like they left me in school, you know. So those kind of people, they've unknowingly taught me something that sometimes I give someone a ride maybe from church, even in Europe. And they're like, oh, are you going in this direction? And I take them to their destination. And they are shocked. And for me, it's just passing forward of the things that mm-hmm. someone had done for me in the past. Mm-hmm. I know, I want to give another example was one of my dad's friends also in church. Random day, I think this was, um, I think it was the first, it was one of the times when I came to Nigeria. So I, was, I was still single. I didn't have a girlfriend then. And we're just talking, and he said something to me. He said, Ayo, make sure that you pay your wife on a monthly basis. So give her money, not money for housekeeping, just give her money. He says, make sure she's happy. Yeah. Like if your wife is happy, the things that she would do for you, you would never imagine. Yeah. My dad never said that to me, right? this man just had this conversation with me, you know. He always calls me, ah, ayo, ayo, you know. And, and he had this conversation. And again, I also remember when I was in an, um, an internship in Adax Petroleum, and I had this manager who would, during lunch, he would pay for my lunch. Because it's like, how much are they paying you people? You know, he would buy me lunch. You know, and, and so for me, it's very important to me that, we as men, you know, you don't have to set up a, a masterclass, right? It is the boys and the people you are in contact with, the the signal, the, the message you pass across, how you treat your wife in the public, how your son sees you treat your wife, you know, how, you know, your lecturer, how you behave to, you know, to your students and all of that. And those, for me, at the point where, Boys can begin to look up to men in the society and whereby, you know, in one of the um, messages I was listening to recently where they were saying there are not enough men mentors in the society in Lagos because what do we see on social media? Is hustle, is Yahoo, is this, is that, right? And there are not enough people who are able to show that, you know what, this is how, so I would just post, I moved to London after six months. I bought a house and a car. Oga oh. exclaimed, oh. <laughs> "How? Do, do you do you do you understand?" So for me, those are the things that are really important. It's not really the masterclass where people come and sit down. It's that there are people who show, and in your in your day to day life, you're able to influence boys for them to understand that you know this is how, you know you should be as a man in the society. This is what you should relate, how you can pass on the message. Because those things those men did to me, it's still influencing me today. And for me, those have a greater impact than attending or sitting down in a conference where uh, someone comes to motivate me and tells me uh, this is masterclass 101 on being a man.
2: Jobs, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> um, <Okay. laughs> I, I think it's a really important question too, because part of the failure of society is that um, we don't have that, especially in Africa, we don't have that culture anymore. Back in the days, the passage to manhood was a, a right. The men of the community taught men, how to young boys, how to be men.
0: Mm.
2: And we don't have that passing on the torch anymore. So I, I think there is a need for it. Do we have enough of them right now? No, no not really. Personally, yeah. I'm, uh, I don't want to say I'm good, but I've had a great support system. There's my dad from a very early age and my uncles on my mother's side and my dad's side who are role models. And then the Holy Spirit, man, who's been guiding me these, these more and more um, these past few weeks and months. But I think men you have more support groups than anything else. Um, But I think they're also afraid of being embarrassed. Not just vulnerable. That's example. When the, the Harry Weinstein story broke, right? And then I started examining myself, uh, reaching out to my female friends and found that a lot of them had been raped. Almost everyone had been sexually harassed. Um, I started examining myself and my attitudes towards females and i wanted to start a challenge the better man challenge where i took ownership of uh, where i apologized on behalf of myself and other men and then wanted to make a donation to one trust or charity that helps women and distress, and then call out on some friends so the friends i called out i spoke to them individually before i started the challenge so they were carried forward and they all agreed to do it mm-hmm. not one person not one that challenge died there. Apparently, they were afraid of going out there and being outed or somebody saying something to them in the public space. This is social media, yeah. they'll forget some more.
3: You have to be careful. I'm telling you. <laughs>
2: so, I think that fear too of, uh, of appearing weak or vulnerable or being embarrassed in public space, men keep it also to themselves. Or you, you have problems in your marriage. Next thing it's on, it's on uh, Bella Niger or it's on social media, uh, on Facebook, people just keep to themselves, man. I also find that men, too, men, 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 they enjoy things, so men are not the ones to complete, they just get along with it. So, I think all these contribute to the fact that we don't have enough mentorship programs going on, practical, honest ones, not the shows that uh um, a lot of people do, or just, or church programs. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, but then, so I actually have a friend who does that it's a lady who has something for men called the men's code and that's the only one I know it's a proper mentorship program for men. apart from that I don't know anything else but I just have my support group and I'm good
0: so um, George if I could ask you like, how did you develop your support group for someone else that is listening There's a guy that is just trying to figure this out how do you find your support group
2: okay the first one wasn't done for me I mean my dad is my dad Mm-hmm. But I think if, if you're very clear about what you want, and who you are, you find like-minded people. My mm-hmm. accountability partner just happened by accident we became brothers, similar experiences. But we both want to be same. Both want to be men of God. I and Ob uh, share that passion. We want to be God's men of the hour. Um, we want to be good role models. We want us to be lights in our generation. So, um, But we both have the similar trials and tribulations. So we support each other. That's how we came, but uh, just randomly. Become accountability partners. So, I think it starts by knowing what you want, who you want to be, and then finding people with like minds. All right. Everything else falls into place.
0: Okay. So, do you sort of like? Is there? A, sorry, that I'm going deeper but okay. I, just want, yeah, I just want to know so that it's relatable for somebody that really wants to start doing this. Like, so when you find people of like minds, like you can find people of like minds at work, at wherever, at club, at whatever. How do you now keep the bond or do you have like meetings or do you have like conversations regularly or how do you keep it going and you know that, okay, you, this is actually a support system. Like when does it become a support system?
2: Again, in my case, remember there wasn't a conscious decision. Um, and then and I still go back to the fact that if you know where you're headed to, it's a journey, right? The, the mm-hmm. destination goes first if it's a journey. Yeah. And if you both want the same thing, you'll be in touch regularly. So I, I will behalf have several projects we're working on. And then we can talk about those projects and then um have fellowship with each other. Um because we talk regularly, something comes up, you'll call me, I call him. But because remember that it's knowing what you want, we want the same things. We are in regular contact now, um, that's on the spiritual side, right?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And some work stuff. When it comes to things like marriages, I have a, and my, and my neighbor, again, I know the kind of marriage I want to have and he has it. So it's just natural that, that we have those conversations from mm-hmm. time to time. Mm-hmm. But you, you, once you know where you're heading to and have somebody who's either there or going in there, it, it just falls into, falls into place.
0: Okay, so literally, like, um, gravitating towards the people that okay. make sense
2: you want the same thing you want.
0: Yeah, all right, Diola. I, I, I lean
1: very heavily to I mean, what um, you know, I just spoke to about you know, um, living living uh, mentors because I feel like mentoring is very very relative. It is something that you almost you you almost is hard to find. Hmm. If you find if you- if you find one, great. The masterclass is what
0: is common every now and then, but really,
1: <laughs> so it's what awesome. do you
0: suggest? What do you think that your generation needs?
1: I think I think every man needs to find. <laughs> you, need, you need to find what works for you. Really, you need to find what works for you. You know, uh, uh, earlier, George talked about about. Um, being right and doing what is right so you you you've got to under you've got to, because on my part or i had to hustle it out for myself i had to figure it out there was nobody to tell me there was no father to tell me this is the right thing to do i had to figure it out for myself
0: so are, God, you seeing, you are you saying sorry to So are you saying that you want the next generation coming after you to still try to figure it out the same way you did. There has to be something that you have learned that you can tell the next generation. I think that we can do it this way to make it better.
3: Um, maybe just while the other things about it, if I can say yeah. something. Um, I think I'm just going to go to your previous question about what basically defines you as a man and why it's very important for people to get that definition right. Because what is available to young people out there and what justifies them as men is basically on those things, those material things that they can acquire. And so provided they, they are not able to get those things, then they do not see themselves as they can't show their face out, basically. And so it's also that fear of now that a lot of things are up in in social media, like uh Judge has said that none of his friends were able to come out. Is you see, um, it's easier for a young boy to portray his wealth on social media, right? Mm-hmm. Than a regular guy to just say, ah, he bought us on that civic and something, because they will come after him and say, is that your, what your mate are driving? And things like that. So it's even become difficult for you to use some people's stories who legitimately because people. Uh, So I don't know if it's a mental thing to, first of all, even change the mentality of people for them to understand and see that, you know, if you have 100 naira and you worked legitimately for it, it's worth more than uh, one grand that you stole off someone. Uh, Because the question I ask is, if I ask a group of my friends, like, okay, let's go on a platform and explain to people and see what you've done. And you can see people, like, I beg, I don't want people to come and yab me or... Um, And so, for me, the way it can happen is, first of all, um, again, there's volunteering. There's volunteering to go to schools and talk to people and let them see that, you know, they're legitimate. You can earn a living by doing things the right way and get there. That is one step. And I have one of my good friends, Otto, who is doing that with this foundation with slum to School for Kids um and of course it's also in our different spaces your church you know your workspace you know it's you deciding to you know make a conscious effort to mentor a young person getting into the business you know and teaching them it doesn't it doesn't have to come to you and say please can you be my mentor can you mentor someone you know is in church you know is in your social circle your family you know i also think we also have to make that conscious effort to go out there and do something, you know, in, in our little, little circles and make those impacts because, you know, what T B has done for me, I have done it to, I don't know how many countless of people and I hope they pass it on. You know, what my manager, who I, in, who I don't even remember his name today did for me, I have passed it on to multiple people, right? And I think that is also quite effective if, you know, we, in our own small sense, are able to do those small actions to mentor people by our actions and maybe a discussion to ensure we pass on that goodwill, that mantle of what a great man and a responsible man is in a society up to younger generations. That's my own sense. Okay,
0: so back to Diola. Diola, do you want to quickly go for it?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I I think that I think they just basically, um, you know, took the words right out of my mouth because is 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 I think going forward into the future, I think it's a we in this generation probably need to do better for the next generation, and and step up and um, look at those in within our immediate environment and guide them and let them know that there's nothing to be ashamed of if you worked hard for your 20 bucks or for your 1k is something to stand for and be proud of if everyone is if you go to a club and you and people are buying bottle and you can only afford a glass buy a glass and drink it with pride because there is honor in your in your sweat you can, you should not be ashamed of it and it's to just be able to teach that new level of confidence and break you know that stereotype that, you know, the society has built into the mind of young men and women to feel less of themselves because they don't have access to a certain amount of money, which in many cases is acquired by. So I think mentorship as it as it is today, I mean, I didn't have a lot of that. If anybody I think truly mentored me, I would say is uh, someone I lived with in my, in my adult life, Mr. Blah, 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 who was someone that became a father figure in my life and um, made a direct impact in my life. But the truth is that that is not always going to be there because while he is where he is now, there are so many people he can mentor, but the man is where he is. So uh, we as individuals and as young men, we we have a responsibility on our shoulder and amongst our friends and colleagues to be able to actually help. For some of us who actually had some little access to help others, you know, who we see who are in a vulnerable state to give them a new perspective to life and hopefully help them along the way.
0: Okay. Okay. So um, we're just going to round up with, I was going to do the typical tell, like if you were to talk to your 21 year old self or something, but I'm not going to do that. I think what I want to do is I'm just going to play three different scenarios. And I just want you guys, I'm going to play three scenarios of three guys in three different issues. And I just want you guys to give sharp, straight to the point, advice to <laughs> these particular people. First scenario, you have a guy come to you, you are, you are George, And you have a guy come to you, a 21 year old guy. And he's telling you that he is, um stuck in maybe masturbation or pornography, and he really wants to get out. What do you do?
2: See, the, the truth is that, if, um, I think, when I started coaching, you helped me put things in perspective. I really avoid telling people what to do, mm-hmm. or to use my examples as, as a crutch for them. Mm-hmm. I just try to help them see things more objectively, and mm-hmm. um, I, I, you, you work with them to them discover again who they are. So, mm-hmm. what do you want to do as a man? What, what is it that you want? How is the situation affecting that? What can you do about it? What will you do about it? And then I'll pray with him. Okay. Um. They're about supporting, you know, support is not help, they're two different things, so it's just a little extra push, a little encouragement, but they don't do it for you. Mm. So, yeah, that, that's it. And pray, pray, man, go back to the Bible, man. What is God saying about you as a man? That's that for me is, I mean, and I think the, the everybody else said the same thing today that that's what we got definition from, okay? And I will do the same, yeah.
0: Next scenario. So basically, your question, the scenario for you is, um, there's a guy, he has an annoying wife. Um, he's, she's always complaining about him not meeting financial demands of the home. And the guy also has a family that is literally dependent on him. Like So there's so much pressure coming from the wife, from the home. There's so much pressure coming from his parents, from his siblings. How does he work around that?
3: Yeah, for so I think I think the first thing is to have conversations with all the parties. And having that conversation is having that clear conversation. There is a problem. Yeah. And being open and being vulnerable enough to say, this is my income. This is what I have been trying to do to potentially increase the income to be able to deal with all of this. So I need help. So is there something you can do as my wife? Is there any suggestions that you have as my partner to be able to ensure that... um, you know, things can become better because evidently I don't seem to be making a headway. And I think the same discussion needs to be had with the family because I feel like a lot of time, one of the reasons why we have conflict is because we are oblivion of what's happening to the other person or what exactly is going on. And once we have that clarity of how, what people are doing, and, and you know, it's basically a case of either you think someone's not working hard enough you know, sometimes you could look at a duck or a goose or a geese in, um, in water and you're thinking, okay, it doesn't seem like it's doing anything, but it's paddling its life out underneath. Its legs are working so fast to move. And I think if people are able to see underneath, see the, the duck, you know, in clear waters, then they really see the amount of effort they're putting in. And I think it's really important to have that sort of openness with your partner for them to understand and know that, yeah, you're working, the guy is a driver, he earns 50k, he has not been able to find another job, a company job as a driver to better him, what are the options? So then you can lay it on the table and together you can look for potential solutions. So therefore, the problem no longer becomes just your own, but it becomes the problem of the society, society means the family, your wife and everyone, and then everyone can... Uh, put a hand into it the problem is a lot of times we as men we want to take it up ourselves we'll be like i'll figure it out i'll figure it out then you go into debt or you go into betting or you go into some other things to be able to satisfy because you refuse to open up to people for them to understand the real situation of what's going on and i think being open about the situation is the first step to getting a solution and um and even potentially finding something better out of it.
0: Okay. Thank you for that. Um, so Diola, the final scenario. So you have a, a guy is thirty year old, is um married as well, and is he's, he's just found himself in a consistent cycle of cheating. What would you say? And he really feels like he wants to stop. Like he doesn't need to do that to his wife. So, what do you think? What would you say to that thirty-year-old man if he comes to you and say, "Guy, I need help."
1: Um, well, I, I think he's, I mean, what I'll say to him is that he needs to probably um, go back to the roots of why you know, try to reconnect to um, you know what, what is what is the driver you know of that of that behavior of that action because many times i mean it could be it could be anything you know and it might have nothing to do with his wife because your wife can be as pretty as a goddess and, and all that so i think that um it needs to get into the root of it because on, on unless you're actually able to find you know what what it is and th- Honestly, nobody can truly help him find that route except him. He knows the truth of what is driving that action. Because if he wants to truly resolve it, I think um, it, may, it may be difficult to open up to your partner because if your partner is someone that is intolerant of that, the person could leave you. And if it's out of the fear of that, you know, you want to also probably seek other form of help. You might, I mean, therapy. Therapy is one option in terms of talking to people who actually are uh, higher above you. Someone that is like a father figure in your life, who actually um, has a better or higher experience in, you know, in marriage, who you can actually express or tell the truth to. You know, and then be able to actually be completely honest with, it. because in many cases it, it, it might be difficult for the person to be honest with his partner and be complete because of the sense of shame or ego or whatever it is that may be driving that. So I would say you you need to open up to someone, one way or the other. If you want to truly, truly stop, you need to open up to someone that is that you trust, that is that has a proven marriage. And can can really be can really show you another pathway. But I think the first the very, very, very first point of action is what is driving it. Is it is it something that you saw your father do? Is it something that is just a behavior that you've always had before you even got married? Or you know, is it is, is 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 it probably the fact that you know there's something that your wife does that triggers it? You know, you need to find that source and deal with it. You know, it, it might not be something that can be resolved immediately because m- m- man is a beast of habit. Man is a beast of habit. So, but you, you need to also be able to find if you find it. If you find the source, then you can begin to work your way back to the solution. So that 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 that, that is probably where I would. Um, that's probably what I would tell the person, and I mean. The other, the other part of it is to pray about it, uh, to pray about the urge you know, that drives this action and, and be able to actually find uh, a resting place you know, uh, within your spirit that gives you that place whereby you're actually able to really love your wife beyond yourself, beyond your feelings for other things and be able to actually uh, uh, commit more you know, to, to to your family because and so some some of those things, even if you don't want to do it, you might actually have to be intentional about doing it, intentional about loving your wife, intentional about committing to your family. And then I think that gradually uh there's a there's a potential for uh the thirst and hunger for cheating to uh, erase itself, but I can say that you know it's not something that just goes off, you know, immediately like that if you don't actually know the source of it.
0: Okay, thank you guys so much, so, so much. Like, I've literally <laughs> and I've stolen all of you from your wives, so help me tell them thank you for releasing you for allowing you stay for this long i'm really really grateful thank you for coming and showing up and you know speaking from your heart thank you so much thank you
2: you're welcome thanks for
0: having
2: me gentlemen the pleasure
0: all right thank you bye bye all right bye guys